Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. This is part three in our series called Psychology on Vinyl, where we try to understand both the subtle and the blatant psychology behind and within famous records. We have a lot of great episodes of this coming up, so stay tuned. But this particular one is another record that was a game changer. It is easily considered one of, if not the best, glam rock album ever and has appeared on numerous lists of the greatest albums of all time. This time, on Refresher's Psychology on Vinyl, we proudly present the fifth studio album by David Bowie entitled The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. This album blurs the lines between what is real and what isn't. Over the course of this album and its tour, it became hard to differentiate between David Bowie and this character that he created named Ziggy Stardust. Bowie was very much a method actor when he was performing, and it obviously mentally affected him to become Ziggy. In fact, later he would go on to produce Lou Reed. And at that time, an interviewer asked Lou Reed if he liked working with Bowie. And Reed's response was, yeah, unless he gets drunk, then he thinks he's Ziggy. Now, that was probably tongue-in-cheek, but probably only to an extent. To a large extent, that was probably true. So who is Ziggy Stardust? Well, the Ziggy Stardust character had a lot of influences behind him, but the biggest and the most telling was the English singer Vince Taylor. Bowie had met Vince Taylor after he had just had a complete mental breakdown, and he believed himself at that time to be a cross between a god and an alien. That about sums up the character of Ziggy Stardust right there. So let's get into the tracks. Well, the first song on the record, For My Money, is worth the price of admission alone. I would probably venture to say this is my favorite song on the album. It is so dramatic and atmospheric and sets a tone that the rest of the album honestly has a hard time living up to. In fact, even though this is a concept album, if this was a standalone track on another record, it would still be completely moving and would still make sense in whatever setting. The song is called Five Years. The idea? To break the thematic ice, here's what he came up with. An apocalypse will be taking place, and the earth is said to only have five years left. Now, the bookends on this album five years to start the record, and then the last song, which we'll discuss in a little bit, they're just a perfectly riveting beginning and ending to this concept album. A lyric of five years that very much captures the feel of a young person hearing this news about Earth's demise perfectly goes like this. My brain hurt like a warehouse, 
It had no room to spare. I had to cram so many things to store everything in there. And then he lists them. Now, because of this apocalyptic announcement, everything is being revisited as far as priority and making up for lost time because Earth's going away. And this is especially true among the young who haven't experienced all that much yet. The second song delves into this. It's called Soul Love. And it's essentially trying to force love when it's not happening naturally. To experience love or something like it before it's too late. And how faking love only hurts that much more as it's not real. Listen to some of the lyrics here. Love is careless in its choosing. Sweeping over across a baby. Love descends on those defenseless. Idiot love will spark the fusion. Inspirations have I none just to touch the flaming dove. All I have is my love of love and love is not loving. Total confusion, very bleak, unreal, cold as stone. But then in the middle of all this bleakness, he arrives and he arrives to all of the youth in one big glammed out moon age daydream. You can almost see the mirrored spaceship and the multicolored smoke coming from its exhaust. It is here that we easily see the man named David Bowie grafting together with the character Ziggy Stardust. The persona of being an alligator and a space invader let loose on a dying planet full of soulless young people who have basically thrown in the towel. And his first message of hope in the next song, which is a total keeper and a huge highlight track on this record, is called Starman. Listen to what he tells everyone. Ziggy Stardust says, let the children lose it. Let the children use it. Let the children boogie. See, Ziggy was this untouchable thing that came out of nowhere. Not unlike the Beatles, arriving by plane for the first time in America, in New York, to screaming crowds of kids at an airport that couldn't believe they were real. Ziggy Stardust has done the same thing, but instead of coming from England, he literally came from Mars. And the kids are all buzzed by this. Here's the same song, other Starman lyrics. The kids are losing it over him. And they're telling each other things like, I had to phone someone, so I picked on you. Hey, that's far out, so you heard him too. Switch on the TV. We may pick him up on channel too. Look out your window. I can see his light. If we can sparkle, he may land tonight. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. In other words, there's hope. Kids now have something to live for in all this bleakness. But this path to this bliss isn't an easy road. As the next song and its lyrics sing out, 
It ain't easy to get to heaven when you're going down. Disaster is still imminent. It isn't going anywhere. And this escapism only does so much for a planet that's on its way out. Well, that takes us to side two. We begin with a song called Lady Stardust, a song where it's clear that the Ziggy Stardust character is androgynous. Being an alien that is androgynous, <laughs> he completely confuses many people seeing him for the first time. This fact causes his fans to view him as being that much more mysterious and mesmerizing while it alienates basically everybody else. The next song, Star, carries this further. Ziggy is completely accepting himself as a rock star come to earth. Then comes the lifestyle that's adopted along with this in the song, Hang On To Yourself. But then it all starts crumbling down with the song named Ziggy Stardust, where his demise is imminent. I'm actually going to skip the next track, Suffragette City, because you kind of have to force that one to fit the narrative. And for my money, it really doesn't fit the narrative of the Ziggy concept at all. In fact, it was written for another band who turned it down. The band was Mott the Hoople. They didn't take Suffragette City, but they did take all the young dudes. So I'm going to go ahead and skip Suffragette City. But Ziggy Stardust, telling of the breakdown of the character, it really goes perfectly into the last song on the record, which detailed Ziggy's final collapse as an old, washed-up rock star with only his die-hard fans holding on for dear life. And the song is called Rock and Roll Suicide. Like I mentioned earlier, this final song is right up there with the opening song, Five Years, as being just epic moments on a rock record. Starman 2. Ziggy is done at this point. Begging the last of his faithful to, to give him their hands and telling them that they're beautiful and not alone. Bowie himself said this about the song. This is his quote. He says, at that youthful age, you cannot believe that you'll lose the ability to be this enthusiastic and all-knowing about the world, life, and experience. You think you've probably discovered all the secrets to life. Rock and roll suicide was a declaration of the end of the effect of being young. And ultimately, this is me now talking, not David Bowie. They all only had five years left. So other than a distraction, and maybe you could say a soothing ointment to a distance youth, nothing changed. This is so interesting to me on a lot of levels. First of all, because we're talking about a five-year span of time, all this happened really quickly, and he was washed up really quickly. What we found solace in, in the form of our heroes as young ones, be they sports heroes, music heroes, acting heroes, yes, they helped soothe us and help pass the time for a while, but they never actually fixed our problems. And in all fairness, especially the music heroes, how could they? They had their own, maybe more problems than we did 
I think more than likely they, they probably had more problems than we did. Think about it. At the time this record was written, David Bowie was around 25 years old. Already, other individuals that were considered to be rock and roll royalty, or you might say rock and roll saviors, like Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Robert Johnson, Rudy Lewis, Linda Jones, and Jim Morrison, they're all dead in a short little period of time. And they all happened to die at the age of 27. Bowie was 25 when this record came out. This list, as we know, of individuals dying at the age of 27 is going to continue growing generation after generation. It has. You can look it up. It's kind of mind-boggling. It makes me wonder if Bowie essentially killing Ziggy, stopping becoming Ziggy nightly, and moving on as other variations of David Bowie potentially saved his own life. But who knows? This album is also a very, very strong example of method acting on the part of an artist. We won't get too deep in this. We discussed this a few episodes ago as well. But we can will ourselves into being someone else and get lost in that fiction person. Bowie did this, and you can literally hear it on the record. I was also intrigued by the concept of soul love. We can't force love. It won't feel right. And that even goes beyond the love of people. Yes, we can learn to love. We can fall in love. We can feel and express love. But chemistry is very much a real thing. Too many people seem to fall in love with the idea of falling in love and then commit to the wrong person simply because they're there or they're available to try to put a Band-Aid on their loneliness. Some people get into a relationship because they're kind of ticking off life's expected boxes. Well, by now I should be married. By now I should be a parent. So, So a lot of them settle and get into these horrible relationships for fear of either being alone or missing out on something. Now, personally, I don't buy into this, and I'm going to tell you why. Yes, I have felt the excruciating pain of being lonely and feeling unlovable. But just look at couples that hate each other. That is way worse. And parenting, parenting is more of a responsibility than it is a void filler. That's one reason so many parents are not so engaged. The idea of having a kid is way more romantic than the day-to-day and night-to-night life of realizing how important the job is once the child is here and how our lives are actually shaping the life of another person and that there's a huge responsibility involved in this. It's an amazing responsibility. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's not buying a doll and it's not babysitting. You are now responsible for a life. Having a child for kicks or to try to save a relationship rarely ends well. There's also another thing, something very melodramatic and personable about being told by a rock star on a record that you are not alone and that you're noticed. This was impactful. 
certainly for many, many listeners, and you know what, myself included, someone in my bedroom was singing to me lyrics like this. You're watching yourself, but you're too unfair. You got your head all tangled up. But if I could only make you care and I'll help you with the pain, you are wonderful. Give me your hands. Everyone that has at some point felt like an outsider, they don't fit into somebody's neat box. They're invisible by other kids at school. Uh, They run to their rooms to listen to music because music is their friend where no one else seems to understand. All of these were the fictional Ziggy's core audience. If, If one was what one might be considered as being plain or maybe uncharacteristically artistic, misunderstood, textbook smart, or longing to be textbook smart, people who have so much to say but are afraid of their own shadows, Ziggy was talking to us. And as a person who loves the spotlight, but at the same time runs from the daylight, so they write down their feelings and subsequently make a podcast instead, the closing words on this record meant something to me as a younger person, and they still do. Maybe that's the biggest appeal. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher, when we present you with a Spotify playlist, and for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast dash David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash David Bowie, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And again, I'm going to break these into the sides of the record like they were originally intended to be. So side one, we had five years, soul love, moon age daydream, Starman, and it ain't easy. Side two, Lady Stardust, star, hang on to yourself, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, and Rock and Roll Suicide. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist real easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. You know, we have new listeners. I always love to see that. Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Greenwood, South Carolina, and in Schenectady, New York. Welcome. We're so happy that you're here. Welcome to Refresher. Guys, this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help to keep this podcast stay up and running, If you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. It can even be as little as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, you can always feel free to listen to this anytime that you want. As always, the music that begins and ends 
this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. The next album, Bob Dylan, Time Out of Mind. It's going to be great. We'll see you then. Thank you.